Welcome back, everybody, to Dong City, episode 56, the Mark Burley edition, April 19th, 2021. You know we had to give Mark Burley and the White Sox people some love. Uh, pardon us as we had some technical difficulties. Zoom did not like us this evening. As you can see, Vince is joining us. He is almost Puerto Rican with that tan he got going. So, Vince, talk to us, baby. How you doing? I am back. Uh, yes, I changed my the first words from my wife were that I looked like a different ethnicity coming back. This is the quarter Sicilian that is also responsible for my hatred for Aaron Boone and quick fuse when it comes to the Yankees. Now, they didn't do me any favors during this entire trip, Henry, and I think I know the reason why. Tell me, man. Tell me so we can keep your ass out of St. Pete. <laughs> yeah, so let's go over the timeline here. By the way, for those of you who don't know, my history with St. Pete is not a good one as a Yankee fan. I... um. And one in six their lifetime. All seven games were Yankee games. The first one I ever went to, Derek Jeter's last game at the Trop, they won. Since then, I've lost six in a row. Uh, going Stay every, every ass game. away. Stay away. Stay away. Every game with my wife. So we don't know if it's me or her, but I think this confirmed it because Tuesday I entered St. Pete. The Yankees were coming off winning that opener against the Jays. They lost Tuesday, they lost Wednesday, they had an off day Thursday, they lost Friday, they lost Saturday, they lost Sunday. Sunday was when I left St. Pete. So I think we now know <laughs> what, what the issue has been all along. Look, let me explain something to you, Vince. Even if we thought it was your wife, <laughs> she makes the most amazing looking cakes. I can't say the best tasting because I haven't had one yet, but she makes the best looking cakes I've seen in a long time. So I'm on her side regardless because I'm championing for a Dong City cake. So I'm not doing anything to ruin this. So even if it wasn't you, it is you. You yeah, are the problem. Um, she made cupcakes for my little boys trip. So I am uh, I'm going to fall on the sword on this one. It's completely my fault. I'm mm -hmm. technically 1 in 11 now if you count all those. By the way, this makes things worse. I went to the Rays game on Tuesday. They played the Texas Rangers. First time seeing the Rays not play the Yankees, and they got destroyed. <laughs> so, uh, and they got swept by Texas. So it's not a Rays thing. It's definitely a Yankees thing. A Vince thing. Yeah, it's it's a Vince thing. This is my fault. I, and by and I see the Yankees win literally everywhere else I go, just not the Trop. Yankees and win don't go in the same sentence lately. No, not lately. And we will get to that. We have a lot to get to today. Um, mm -hmm. There's been a lot of hot and a lot of not so hot. We're going to give you that. We've got uh, some highlights, individual and team-wide. We're going to go over the league. And, of course, we're going to start with my favorite subject now, a year running. That is COVID updates. And COVID updates, we actually have some, so it's exciting. You know, usually it's it's no COVID updates that excites me the most, but in this case, it's happening to two teams I couldn't couldn't wish COVID more on, and that is the uh, Twins and Astros causing problems here throughout the league. Twins. So here's the confusion, Henry, and I don't think either of us know the answer to this. Um, the Twins get COVID, and they don't or I'm sorry, and they get their games canceled. Right. Astros get COVID, like half their starting lineup, they have to keep playing. I still haven't figured out why. If you're watching, please I, am, I, I figured out. I figured it out. Okay. So MLB knows that they botched the suspension and the cheating scandal. So this is their way of giving them some punishment by making them play with half a roster and dudes who are sick, who are not sick, who tested positive. I don't care. I'm not feeling sorry for the Astros at all. 
let them play, let them play with half a roster. I don't give a shit. Cracks me up, by the way, the Astros apologists in the group being like, well, they've, you know, we'll get to who's not later on, but this team loses a few games and it's because they got guys out with COVID. I'm like, the Yankees have been out for two years with injuries and they did not fall apart like this. I'm going to call Joey out specifically on that because he hates the Astros when he's the LA Joey rooting for the Angels, but then <laughs> every other time defends them. So he's on the fence. So fuck that. Fuck the Astros. Let him get sick. Let them all have COVID. Put them on ventilators if you have to. Yeah. Now that cracks me up. Uh, twins, however, did not crack me up not playing because it robbed me of my Trout Walsh fantasy combo. And that makes me upset. So, uh, you know, it's a give and take with COVID, but nothing serious. No one's in any sort of serious danger as usual. Uh, they'll get over it. We'll get back into baseball for those two teams a little later on. Um, teams that have been playing baseball, one of them, the Chicago White Sox. And that leads us to Carlos Rodon. Me, I mean, does he win comeback player of the year just for one start? Dude, I mean, well, it's been two starts. It's not just one. He's been yeah. good for two starts. So, Carlos Rodon. By the way, I bet 27, 28 years old now. He, you know, highly touted when he first came up. He's been hurt for two years, basically, hasn't pitched. Uh, you can see there that is finishing a no hitter, which was this close to a perfect game. Uh, for the White Sox, who seem to just throw a no hitter at this point every single season, this is this year, and it's always random, random Philip Humber type guys throwing it. This year, it's Carlos Rodon. Great story. Comes back, like I said, two years being hurt. He comes back. He throws a no-hitter in April. I mean, that is fantastic. Couldn't be happier for him. Drafted in uh, 2014. Drafted third overall. So, I mean, it's not like the talent was always there. They always knew they liked him. Um, Drafted third in overall, 2014. Multiple injuries. Tommy John in 2019. He just stunk up the joint in 2020 and was even non-tendered. He resigned in in February, a one-year deal, and... It looks like it's working out so far. Yeah, it's uh, that's a guy. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, my own team was going to take a flyer on that, but that's a guy I would have taken a flyer on, especially big lefty like that. And um, and it, it, you know, early on, he looks good. Velocity's back. I, uh, I don't know what happened. I don't see Zoom anywhere on my screen, so I'm just going to look at the camera. I can't see anything. I don't know where the hell Zoom is. Well, but... far, we see you head on right now. So Okay, as long as yeah. you guys can see me, that's fine. Henry's flying in the dark. What a day for Zoom, huh? Um, I can't see Jack. I'm just going to keep looking in the direction of the camera. I mean, camera loves me anyway, so okay, keep it going. There you go, yeah. But uh, what I do want to say is the, the no-hitter, man. I, I was rooting for a perfect game, so... You know, you have guys in the group that were kind of alerting us and, and putting up posts, and some people were trying to jinx it, as, you know, everyone does. There was two plays that stand out. Jose Ramirez hit a ball in the seventh inning that the exit low was 110 miles per hour and had an expected batting average of 820. So this is a ball that should have been a base hit, and that ball was caught. And then there was a Jose Abreu play, which he saved at the first bat of the ninth inning, this dude made a spectacular play, stretched out. I don't know if Rob is playing it or not. <laughs> um, stretched out. I thought he hyperextended his, his right leg, I think. I'm playing. Absolutely phenomenal play. And, and like we see in no hitters and perfect games, there's always one or two plays that yeah. always you pinpoint and you say that was the moment. You know, we show we, we let off with Mark Burley at the top of the hour, and you, and you remember the catch at the wall. I think they did an outline of, of, of the catch. Uh, was it Jermaine Dye? No, it wasn't Jermaine. It was Wayne Wise. 
the Wayne Wise. Uh, remember, they drew the outline of where he hit the wall. So you always have those plays. Um, then, man, the ninth inning came, and, and there was a, a slider that was thrown. And if you're watching it, the ball was he, – he had thrown two pitches before that, fastballs, and just blew it right by him. Blew it absolutely right by him. And then he throws a slider, hits his foot, perfect game's over. To his credit, he comes back, he gets it. It was a hell of a moment for the group, hell of a moment for this kid himself. A ton of White Sox fans in the, in the group. So that was a nice moment in the, the second of the season so far for uh, for MLB. So pretty yeah. cool. I, uh, I'm going to set an over-under right now of four no-hitters. So way in there. You think there will be more than four? I think we've had as high as like five in a year. you, you got to uh, have the out-of-nowhere guy. Would, would Rodon fit that? Um, it probably, you know, you have that one guy that you said who's throwing a no-hitter, you'd get the Jake the Groms, the, the Garrett Coles, the Beavers. You get all those names before you get, you know, a Phil Humber, you know, or some shit like that. So, Which, by the way, speaking of Humber, I am aware he threw a perfect game. Uh, in case you're not aware, all perfect games are also no-hitters. That's how that works. So uh, just using some technical technical terms there. Uh, oh, that's yeah, the other thing, Melvin, when I need him, get me Melvin. <laughs> play at first base reminds me exactly. I was at Dwight Gooden's no hitter, only a no hitter I've obviously seen live. It, Tino Martinez had almost an identical play, sliding to first to beat Griffey, I believe. Um, it, was, it was against the Mariners, saved that no hitter. So that's what it reminded me of immediately. But very cool. Uh, White Sox do that really well, <laughs> throw no hitters. So I'm at, like I said, happy for Rodon. That's uh, they need, they need something because they're not uh, they're not starting the year the way we thought they would. So no, they are not, and we will get to them later. But it's a good segue into our next segment. That is who's hot and who's not. We're going to start with the good news before we start getting to these other teams, and that's a guy who could very well throw a no hitter. And then I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, Henry, he's thrown one yet, which is kind of weird to me. I don't think he has. I don't know how he has, and I'm almost expecting him to you know chase one every outing these days yeah and that is Jacob DeGrom he's been nearly damn near untouchable let alone unhittable uh this time he does something else that I don't think he's done before and that strikes out nine in a row against the Rockies now it's a ridiculous lineup they don't make a lot of contact so course doesn't really matter but nine strikeouts in a row is nine strikeouts in a row and for good measure DeGrom's next start might have been even more dominant so uh just He's been ridiculous. The velocity is there. He's healthy. Um, if you're a Mets fan, this excites I mean, you love 101, a rising fastball. This excites you if you're a Mets fan. Not that it's any new news, but if you have DeGrom rolling and you have a guy like Stroman throwing the way he is, even without Carrasco, Mets off to a 7-4 and four start in first place up there. We'll get to one of the reasons why later on. But the Mets doing what they're supposed to do to start the year, given the offseason they just had. Yeah, Jake, Jake was just you know, being who he's been the last few years. You know, he reminds me of, you know, Johan Santana and Pedro Martinez and, and those guys, you know, they had these runs where they would just be dominant, like absolutely dominant for five, six years. And, and you're in the middle of that when it comes to Jacob DeGrom. And, you know, I know you mentioned, you know, if you're a Mets fan, you're excited. I think Jake is one of those pitchers right now where if you're a baseball fan, you're excited. You want to tune in to his starts. MLB needs to just every time this guy's on TV, that should be a national game. If he's pitching on a Sunday, that should be the Sunday night baseball game. If he's pitching Saturday, that should be the afternoon game. Whenever he's pitching, 
MLB should market the fuck out of that because this kid pitches absolutely amazing. He got a late start to his career, so he doesn't have that many innings in that arm. And who knows? You know, I play with the Mets fans about his velocity and, you know, PEDs, and that's purely in jest. Um, but what we're watching is, is, is something absolutely spectacular with this dude. And just as a baseball fan, you got to enjoy this and you just got to relish in it because we have these pockets of years that are just absolutely great. And, and we're witnessing it with Jake. You know, we saw it with Pedro. You know, we saw it with uh, Lincecum. You, you know, you saw it with, um, I mentioned his name. Uh, no. Scherzer. Uh, Jesus, he was a Met too. He threw the only uh, no hitter. Santana. You know, you, know, Santana. You, you, know, you knew the changeup was coming, but you couldn't hit it. You know, um, and and with Jake, that's what we have, man. We have one of those just dominant stretches in history that, if he continues, man, it, it, as funny as it may sound, you you start to start asking, yo, is his dominance Hall of Fame caliber? You know, he may not do it over a real, you know, fifteen plus years, but. If his peak, you know, his seven, eight, nine-year peak is this dominant, you got to start looking at some numbers there. Well, I mean, he's going to start to draw the, you know, the Koufax comparisons, the guys who they are the best pitcher in baseball over a seven, eight-year span, and that might be enough. You mentioned the innings, though. DeGrom could be a guy who's like this until he's 35. I mean, I don't know if you have really looked into his innings. They are very low for me. Like very, very low. Extremely low. And, and I mean, this is a guy whose velocity is actually picking up as the game goes on. Because he's, he's throwing probably high nine, nine, yeah, he's high nineties in the yeah. eighth inning, the ninth inning. I think he's what, like 32, 33 now? Something like that. Um, he's probably in his prime now. He has the arm right now of a 28, 29 year old. Him and Garrett Cole, similar in their workloads and like a three year age difference. Um I'm with you. Right now, Jake DeGrom and to a lesser extent, Shane Bieber, every single one of their starts should be televised. DeGrom is on a first, I don't care if it's April. You know, you, you ride with what you have. DeGrom is on a first place team. He's the best pitcher in baseball for several years now. He's in the top market in the game and he cut his hair so he doesn't look like a bozo. These are all reasons he should be in every single. I mean, if you want to brand yourself, if you're MLB, this is one of the guys that you're you're riding into every logo, every all-star game, everything. Come watch Jacob DeGrom pitch. He's that special right now. If you watch Jake pitch, you know, because I'm in New York, I get all the games. If you watch Jake pitch, we see it with Garrett Cole where he's striking out 9, 10, 11 guys every start. But what happens is that pitch count gets elevated. Jake pitches like, okay, if he's going to strike a guy out, he's doing it with five, six pitches. He's not, you know, going nine, 10 pitches. He's going to let you hit, get, put the ball into play, give you contact, and he's going to keep that pitch count in that 100, 110 area where he can always go a complete game if you really need to. Plus, I think if they pushed him, he could go nine innings every fucking outing. He's just he's that special right now. Yeah, yeah. Felt like, I thought Jake, 1300 yeah, I thought innings for the ground. Jake mentioned Kershaw, Scherzer, Verlander, Granke, DeGrom, or Locks. I agree with everyone except Jake. I think he got such a late start that he has to do some more work before we really get into that Hall of Fame um, talk with him. But he's definitely he's getting there, man, with, with these starts. And, and these things yeah. are starting to be must-see TV. I, I agree with what Mike's saying, too, about Bieber. I, I think the competition has been a little bit lower than the other guys who are probably just as dominant. His numbers are off the charts. I, I mean, that's it. While he's facing the shitty competition, I still want to see him pitch every game. I get it. I always I always get it. You you want to – you look for, you know, holes in, in the theory who they're playing. At the end of the day, 
You play who's on your schedule. If you're dominating, you're dominating. I don't care who it is. That's who you're supposed to play. That's who they give you. You know, you don't draw up who you play. Yeah, uh, and I agree with Kirk. I think if Jake, yeah, if, if Jake was in the American League, he may not be this dominant, but he's still extremely dominant. Yeah, and I agree with Carlos. I, for me, the that's the big three. It's Bieber, DeGrom, and Cole. Those are guys I always want to tune in to see. Scherzer, a little bit older now. Uh, Verlander, obviously hurt. Those are the three guys that if they're on, I'm stopping what I'm doing. I'm trying to watch them pitch because what they're throwing is just, if you're a baseball fan, it's magic. It's uh, DeGrom's got a 91 mile per hour slider. I mean, it's just, it's just the stuff that comes out of this, these arms are unbelievable. So there's your DeGrom. I know we mentioned Bieber. I don't think we put him in the who's hot. Um, so real quick, I'll just drop this first pitcher ever to have 10 or more strikeouts in his first four outings. That's how special he is. That's pretty good. I uh, On to another guy now, another pitcher. He's having a hell of a, a, a couple of weeks now, but really this past week I alluded to him earlier. That was because the Rays game I went to when they got dominated by Texas – Started by Kyle Gibson, who threw seven innings, one run that game. Kyle Gibson, by the way, not on the level of the guys we just named, but last three starts, Henry, 21 innings. So seven innings a start, 17 strikeouts, nothing sexy in this day and age, but only 14 hits, one earned run. His last three starts, three quality starts. He's on a nice ride. Nice ride for an unheralded Texas Rangers pitcher. And it's all come against the AL East, and none of them were freebies by the Yankees. So I'm impressed by that. I mean, he's pitching to a 2.53 ERA. His FIP is 2.4. He's, he's doing his thing. I mean, he's winning. He's getting wins. He's throwing innings. So he's got, what, 21 innings pitched so far? You know, seven Ks per in for nine. It's not bad. He's doing his thing. Yeah, absolutely. Is it sustainable? I don't know. But we'll no, I, I, there's no way it's sustainable, but it's uh, it's been nice to watch. Gibson had a little flash of brilliance a couple of years ago, too, where he had a good, like, half season to a full season. So, you know, he's getting a little older now. He's on a pretty dog shit team, but it's, uh, you know, these guys, it, again, fantasy, you're into it. Like, that's a guy you can stream for a little bit, see see how long it lasts. Um, Play the matchups with him. Yeah, exactly. Playing the, uh, by the way, Jake earlier said every time we say Jake, he turns his head. I remember a couple shows ago when he uh, he left while I roasted the Cubs, so I don't want that to happen. So Jake, 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 Jake. It's not about the Cubs. It is about the Reds, though, and I know you're going to love that. Uh, Reds are in first place in the NL Central. A little bittersweet for me. I was on their wagon last year, predicted they'd have a great season. They did make the playoffs technically, but it was not a good season. This year might be that season instead. The offense actually looks consistent and alive, which is a huge difference from last year. Sonny Gray back off the IL. Castillo hasn't figured it out yet. He's been struggling. But even with that, they're off to a 9-6 and six start, which in the NL Central, you want to maintain that. You'll win that division. They're already up in first place. And you had this from Joey Votto this week, uh, which was pretty entertaining. You don't see this every day. That's your boy, one of your boys pitching, Amir Garrett. There's one, there's two. And uh, I I think that, you know, they just forgot yeah, how to run. Showing the clip? <laughs> Are you show, I still, I have no camera. Are you showing the clip? Oh, yeah. Well, sorry, we're showing, I forgot you're blind now. Yeah, I'm um, playing with the so setting play clip. So, did, did, all right. I don't know where in the clip you are, but it, when he gets the second out, he's pointing. And I'm just sitting there like, run to third base, only yeah. because I selfishly wanted to see an unassisted triple play. 
Like, I just wanted to see the unassisted triple play. So I'm like, like, run, 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 run the third. Obviously, you're not going to run the third base. You're going to toss it. But I, I just I wanted to see an unassisted triple play. Yeah. And they don't show the toss in the highlight, but you can see Rosario is like headed to the dugout. So like, there's no chance. You're right. He could have, he could have crawled over to third base, gotten the triple play. But... I don't know what the hell he was thinking, man. They just, <laughs> no idea. They just show him just take off. And I'm like, you know, you didn't tag up. So I don't know if he was just saying like, look, I screwed up and I'm just going to play it through. Like, you know, I don't know if, if he was just doing that, you know, Hey, I fucked up and I'm going to just milk it and see if I get caught. And he got caught. I mean, you uh, you go through the scenarios, right? It's runners in the corners. There's nobody out. It's not a hit and run because you have a runner on third. Right. It's, not a, it's not a squeeze play because why would you squeeze play in that situation? The only plausible scenario is he thought it got past Votto somehow. But, he, I mean, he was already across home by the time Votto catches a line, drive, touches first. It's almost unfathomable how, how what he's thinking on that play. I think he just got caught hanging out there. It was just a bad base running play, and, and he just got caught. And he's got to pay the price in kangaroo court for sure. Yeah, that's a Gary Sanchez base running play. Certified Gary Sanchez base running play right there. Uh, just absolutely no excuse for it. Oh, are we are we saying that this is Nicholas Castellanos' team yet? Because I, I feel like he just took over this team. Like, this is his team, right? They've got his identity right. He's he's probably the most clutch hitter on that team. I don't think – I think Suarez has one home run so far. I mean, this team by no means is playing above its head right now. Yeah, and it, Donald, yeah Tyler Naquin, these guys are just mashing. It's been – I mean, they've been – their wins, you know, nine and six, they're not a juggernaut, but their wins, they've been destroying teams with that offense. They um, are second in the NL and OPS only behind the Dodgers and barely behind the Dodgers. The Dodgers are 8-11. They're at 8-08. Yeah, and the Dodgers don't count. I, I'm not going to even include the Dodgers in any metrics this year because that team's floor is 108 wins. So here, here's the thing. They're actually outslugging the Dodgers where the Dodgers get the edge is on base percentage. Right. Because, uh, yeah, they don't strike out and they're, like, impossible to get anyone that lined up out. Uh, yeah. Real quick, because I, I know you love going off script. I know you absolutely love it. or anything what's up a few years ago Joey Votto was an absolute lock for the Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. is he playing himself out of the Hall of Fame well this season he might be playing himself back into the Hall of Fame if you want to put it that way it's funny because I was well his numbers aren't all he's had a couple big games that kind of inflate those numbers so I'm like okay I'm thinking Joey Votto is, is the new King Felix who's pitched himself out of the Hall of Fame to this point so I'm looking at, you know, baseball savant, and I'm looking at all the percentile rankings of where he's hitting, and it jumps out at me. Everything is still above average or elite. So his exit below is still elite. His max velocity is elite. His hard hit percentage is at 77. His barrels are up there. His K rate is still better than 88% of the league. His chase rate is 75% better. I don't know what's going on with Joey Votto. I don't know if he's hitting into bad luck. I know he changed his batting stance. So I think this season is a good barometer to see what he has left in that tank. Because we know contract-wise, he's on that team for a minute. Yeah. Votto is going to be a really interesting case. He's going to be a guy that I think analytics would put into the Hall of Fame. Um, I thought he was locked. You, he's one of those guys, though, his skill set, it's kind of like a poor man's poor man's Mike Trout in that his skill set is not sexy. 
but what he does is shit you won't see from anyone else. Like in his prime, when he didn't hit a pop-up for like three years and he had like a 460 on pace percentage or whatever it was for multiple years in a row on a bad team. Like if you look at it in that context, he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. I mean, the guy just, his his plate discipline is otherworldly. Got on base crazy. He even had, you know, great years offensively. But when you look at his career stats, I don't know if there's anything that's going to jump out where you're going to be like, that guy's definitely a Hall of Famer. And then on top of that, like you said, he had a few years there where he was absolutely not even an average player. Yeah, this, so it's be an interesting case. Like you said, this is going to be an analytics case because you, you look at first basemen who are in the Hall of Fame and you want slugging first baseman. He's not like a giant power guy. You know, he does a lot of things great. He'll compile some numbers, but, you know, the last two, three years have been pretty rough for him. And you start to wonder if he's played himself out, but we'll see. Jake pointing out 935 career OPS. That is a lot higher. I would have thought he was like an 850 guy. Uh, that is pretty good. <laughs> 935 OPS. But you look at everything else, you look at the totality and, you know, yeah. he's starting to put up a few bad years where, you know, it's definitely I yeah I don't think he's definitively one way or the other if he's changed his swing if he's gonna have some better luck if he's gonna go back to what he was for a few years I think he will get in if he doesn't he's obviously not getting in I think it's kind of that simple um yeah Mike pointing out one of the most unique first baseman for sure he's not a he's a throwback guy in this era those guys don't always age well in fans eyes but when you look back years later and you're like a team like the Yankees who could really, really use a Joey Votto profile right now. Uh, you're going to look back and be like, wow, that guy was pretty good. And maybe we didn't appreciate him as much as we should have when he was playing. Yeah, possibly. I just wanted to throw that in there since we were talking about the Reds. Yeah, absolutely worth mentioning. I mean, Votto has been Mr. Red and uh, probably will never get the credit he deserves, but there's a little shout out to the Reds. I, you know, I hope they win the central personally, like as a, as a fan, like I said, that's, I declared in baseball life a couple days ago. That's my NL team. That's my second team. I hope they win that division. Still going to stick with the Brewers. But, uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I think I picked the Brewers. Um, yeah. The Brewers, that's what they, they just, they're quiet. They're little quiet assassins. And at the end of the season, they'll win the division. That's just what yeah, they do. It's a system. I think, see, Cubs fans interestingly saw firsthand what we mentioned in the preseason, which is that they're a boring system-based team who will pitch you into death. <laughs> that's what happened not that everyone else hasn't been pitching the Cubs in the death but they will pitch you and you'll be you'll wake up in the eighth inning and be like how are we how are we losing this game how did they score runs how have we not hit this pitcher and that's what they do like all year round they do it a little more than 500 and in this in this division that's going to be good enough but like this Bernie Brewer is the most fun brewer <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's a team I'm considering now one of many, many trips I'm considering this year, and I'll only do like two of them. I'm considering seeing the Brewers this year, and there's not a single player on that team that would excite me to see, except maybe Christian Yelich, who I've already seen when he was on the Marlins. So, and Bernie Brewer. I want to see him go down the slide, man. I'd like to see a slide. Like, that's the sad part. I want to see him slide down the slide like a six year old. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if I go to Milwaukee and watch a game, I want to see Bernie Brewer. I want to. I would fucking talk my way into trying to go down a slide myself. 
This is like how I point out to anyone if you want to go to a Reds game. Like, the greatest thing about the Reds game is Redzilla shooting fucking bazooka shirts at you in the seventh inning. Like, three times a game, seventh inning church being one of them. Those things come at you like 75 miles per hour. It's the greatest experience ever. It has nothing to do with the Reds. So. By the way, I'm still playing with my screen trying to get this damn Zoom camera. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go into a matchup I'm sure you did not miss and weren't blind for. That was we had our first absolute marquee matchup of the year. That was the Dodgers and Padres first oh. series. And uh, it had everything. This is what, if you're a baseball fan, this is what you live for. It had a close games, great plays. Mookie Betts saved one game. Another game went to extra innings. Padres won the finale. Wait, 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 wait. You, you just can't throw the Mookie thing in there just like that, man. Come on. You got to give that some love. You know, I didn't think he caught it until like the third replay. Then I was like, how did, like, how did he catch that? But the highlight we have for you right now is this was when things got to a fever pitch in this series. Clayton Kershaw on the mound pitching vintage Clayton Kershaw style. Uh, and he's facing Profar. This is one of those situations where I actually kind of side with people I don't usually side with. Profar takes like a little bit of a hack, a little Ellsbury. <laughs> he hits the catcher's glove. He gets the free bag. Uh, Kershaw at that point is pitching a one hitter in four. And yeah, if I'm Kershaw, I'm, I'm probably a little upset. That was a little Bush League. Reminds me of Conforto sticking his little shoulder out to win the game. I don't like things like that. It's a smart baseball move. I'm not complaining about that. I just, it's a little Bush league and that's what Kershaw was upset about. I just, look, I mean, you can't see it, Henry, but his swing is just so outlandishly not his natural swing. It's, I didn't like it. Watch on the Facebook group, but there is like a 15 second delay. Uh, But I I don't, you know, it's hard. I'm a big Kershaw fan. So I'm going to kind of always stand for him and, and, you know, lean toward him. You know, at, at first, I didn't think it was a big deal. Then I saw the replay, and I'm like, yo, it looked like he did that on purpose. But then I saw another replay, and I'm like, there wasn't enough time for him to think about that to do it on purpose. And it's like every time I see a replay, I feel different about it. So I, I really yeah. don't know if it was intentional or not. It's definitely not 100%, but in my mind, he kind of stuck the bad head out knowing he got beat. <laughs> and he, and he I got think I one of the times I saw it, I said, okay, he was trying to check swing and it was a really bad check. So I, I don't know. Like I said, every time I watch it, I come away with, with a different viewpoint. So, I mean, it's one of those weird things, man. I know, you know, what I did like, what I did like is Profar is substantially smaller than Kershaw. And when yeah. Kershaw was mouthing off, Profar was ready to go. And I was like, okay, I like that, you know. But I think Kershaw would have whooped his ass. I, I'm pretty sure. And yes, Jake, exactly like when Jeter faked getting hit by the race. That is one of those Bush League plays where, you know, it was my team, so I'll take it. But it uh, did he need to do that? No. Was it absolutely a foul ball? Yes. But hey, years later, Kevin Cash would have absolutely supported that move. So, you know, tough shit for the race. Totally irrelevant, but you mentioned faking and in my brain, my ADD brain went there. I'm going to put this in the boxing group. There was a boxer over the weekend that got hit in the ribs and faked like he got hit with a low blow, went down, took the five minutes. The other fighter got disqualified, took my dude out in the stretcher. And when you see the replay, it was never touching his groin. 
That's some Paul Pierce shit. It's the greatest shit Pierce. ever. I, I gotta I gotta put this in the boxing group again. Totally irrelevant, but we said yeah. Eight, so. I like that, but uh, Dodgers. Yeah, Padres won that battle. Dodgers win the war. They take two out of three. No one's beaten them this year in a series. I. This is one of those teams. Reminds me. I think it was the '95 Indians. They didn't lose a series till like June, and it was to the Yankees. I think you're gonna see. And they that team shortened season went 144 so they're probably like at least 110 win talent um i think you're gonna see that this year i don't there's no team straight up i'd pick to beat the dodgers in the series you might get like a feisty giants just on account of the rivalry but dodgers may go into like june without losing a series (laughs) that's how good this team is so this is where the, the marathon of the game will show itself um, Dodgers are just loaded. We knew that coming into the season. We know what their farm system is. We knew, you know, all the right buttons they push the players they got. They they can move guys around. They they have three or four guys that play four or five positions. I mean, they're just if you want a perfectly built baseball team, that's probably as close as you're gonna get. So, but it's baseball and, and you play the game on the diamond, and there's always a, a team that comes out of nowhere. It's very rare that the best team wins everything. Yeah, you'll get a, a fluky team, you know, I, well, let me see who's who's high in the standings that has no business being there. Cincinnati, you know, you'll get a team like that, that they'll just be hot going into the playoffs and, and win it all. You know, and so I, I want to see the Dodgers be the best team and smack the shit out of everyone in the playoffs as well, because there were two series last postseason that they had no business winning. Yeah, no, you're right. They Three they, if you include the World Series, you know. Yeah, I I that's part of it, right? Like the 98 Yankees, I thought one of the things that made them so special is that they went 11 and two in the playoffs. They swept around. They were down two one for a minute against a very good Indians team coming off by the way, a world series appearance that they came within a game of winning world series then 97. Uh, and then they just won the next seven and they beat a very good Padres team that had like three hall of famers on it that I think are underappreciated because they got swept um that's part of it and like the 2018 red sox another good example they steamed right. the all season correct yeah, but then you is, get a team you get a team like the 2001 mariners who were the best team i think do they still hold the record 116 wins uh it tied for with the nl it's the al record yeah 116, 116 wins and you know they they dick limped out of the playoffs with like with nothing and it's, yeah. it's hard to, to maintain that status of being the team to beat and then taking it all the way that's impressive yeah regular season because i totally agree with you there you know you get you run into a hot castillo and gray pitching four times in a series team like the reds absolutely uh for the regular season the floor of this team is the 2018 red sox that's how confident i am they will win at least 108 games that's my prediction that's how good they are. Corey just got hurt and he's going to be out for a while. And I think this team just plays like if he wasn't even there. Doesn't matter. It exactly. doesn't matter. That's what Friedman's created. He's created. Why it doesn't matter. Which is why I think he won't resign there. But that's another story for another day. So, um, so that yeah. So absolutely, Dodgers. If you if you're not watching them, if you hate them, love them, whatever, you should tune in because that is the way baseball should be played. This is one of the greatest teams I think we're ever going to see. Assuming they finish the job, we'll see. I was bitching and moaning that they weren't a Sunday night baseball game. I know that they are next weekend, but you see that, man. You got it two weekends in a row. Market that Tatis coming back this season at this program. Yeah. And everything was on point. First at bat, back hits a home run. 
Everything was there. The two loaded teams, the two fun teams with all the stars, market the shit out of those two teams in that matchup. Every single Dodgers Padre. It's this is gonna be without the prior history, really. This is the 2003-2004 Yankees Red Sox. You're going to see two teams that hate each other, two teams with a lot of pressure to win, two teams expected to be there in the end. And, and you're going to see some fireworks this year. You're going to see really good classics. And those are two really good teams. Every single game should be national. ESPN, please, please, please stop putting the Cubs on Sunday Night Baseball. Please. Oh, my God. Just stop. Love, just don't put out. the Cubs on Sunday Night Baseball, man. I hope the Cubs are the cryptocurrency of baseball. Just shoot them to the moon so they're just – I'm so sick of hearing about it. Uh, yeah, I hope you all make your millions of dollars in fake currency, whatever. I just don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about the Cubs anymore. They're so embarrassing. You leave me alone with Dogecoin. I have my, my bunch. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I hear the phrase to the moon one more time. I just – it makes me crazy. And you got that little rocket emoji that always accompanies it. It's the worst. Um, for the record, for the record, and you're my witness, I was in at two cents. You were, yeah. And you're not obnoxious about it either. And, you know, I don't – if Erin's watching, I'm not even attacking you. I think it's adorable that she does has no idea how stocks work, but she loves cryptocurrency stocks. That's 41 cents right now. It started at two cents. Just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's how I feel. The Cubs are cryptocurrency. Uh, <laughs> fake team, no idea what they're going to become – Probably not in it for the long haul. Sick of hearing and seeing them. That's it. Uh, good segue. Now, honorable mentions that while we wrap up who's hot and get to who's not. Oakland, whatever you felt about them that first week of the season, I know the Astros knocked them around. We made fun of them a little bit. With The Astros were getting posts like they're going to be in first place all year, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Astros are seven and eight. Don't care about their COVID problems. Everyone's got problems. Eight, uh, the Oakland is not in first, but they are nine and seven. This was a team that's now won nine out of ten because they started one and six. You guys know I was high on Oakland this season. They started off slow. You guys made fun of me. Now I tell you, fuck you. Me and Manny were the only two people that believed in it. I hope Manny's still in the chat. But yeah, Oakland is absolutely hot, and they haven't been mentioned anywhere by anyone. Oh. Yeah. Right now, they are seven and three in their last ten, and they're on. The, no, I'm sorry, nine and oh. one. Obviously, baseball now. Eight game winning streak, and they are one game behind the Seattle Mariners in first place. I'm still in on Oakland. They'll be in first by by May first. They'll be in first by this week. Yeah, it's uh, red hot. By the way, still a negative eleven run differential because they got just murdered that first week of the season by everyone. So uh, yeah, here comes Oakland. Uh, you know, we both had them winning the division in the preseason. Uh, this is just what you hope it happens to other divisions and it starts to balance out. If they go 20 and 0, we're going to get another movie feature in Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'm down for any movie feature with Brad Pitt. So Where they, they don't win anything, but they celebrate. <laughs> well, the yeah, let's look. This is what my ceiling is with Oakland. They're definitely winning the West in my mind. They are not winning the World Series. I don't care how hot they are. I had them, if I'm not mistaken, I had them going to the ALCS. I think I have them losing in the ALDS, which is like their rightful place to lose. Um, Xander Bogarts, by the way, Boston was the toast of the town until they played a real team. And uh, Xander Bogarts, this is a weird, this is a, a very weird stat. And I only know it again because of fantasy. Xander Bogarts this past week was 10 for 25. He had four doubles, no home runs. Um, 
Two RBIs and no runs scored, batting cleanup for the Red Sox, who I believe lead the AL in runs scored. <laughs> and the Red Sox, nine-game winning streak snapped by the White Sox. Uh, our little friend who likes to post updates, nowhere to be seen for when the White Sox sweep the doubleheader yesterday. Now, all of a sudden, Sox beat the hell out of Giolito on Patriot Day, and, and Sox fans resurface. No surprises there. I think but, his name is Eloy. Is it Eloy? Yeah. Um Xander Bogarts on the season, he's hitting 386. He has four runs scored and six RBIs batting cleanup. It makes no sense whatsoever. So, Vince, if I tell you real quick, gun to your head, give me the top five shortstops in baseball. Are you going? Are you naming me Xander Bogarts? Yes. And no, I've no, done it last year and the year before, too. Most people are not. Most people. I, he's totally underappreciated. I, that I agree with. Most yeah. people are going to give you Lindor. They're going to give you Story. They're going to give you Seager. They're going to give you Turner. They're going to give you Tim Madison. They're going to give you Marcus Simeon. My man got paid six years, $120 million in 2019. Since then, he is the number one shortstop in F4. I was going to say I'd take him over every single guy you listed. Number one. My man is about as underpaid as they come. When all these shortstops get paid at the end of the season, He's going to sit there. He's going to look at his agent. He's going to say, what the fuck did we do? Yep. Aaron, sorry, not a boy. Um, they, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a, Aaron, a, what kind of fucking name was that? Xander, that was a tremendous, the smartest decision of the last three years by the Red Sox uh, since signing JD. Well, yeah. Jake, Jake saying Trey Turner is the most underrated shortstop in baseball. I'm going to go with Xander Bogars on. I'm going with Xander too. I'm with you, Jake. I think Trey Turner is underappreciated, but Xander holds that title. Uh, and I say that as a Yankee fan. Defense not elite, but the offense way more than makes up for it. And his defense is not bad. It's just not, you know, Francisco Lindor. His splits aren't bad either. So you know, like you get a guy in Boston, and you're like, okay, maybe maybe it's you know, it's, it's Boston. His splits are not bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think JD probably ages pretty well, um, but that's a good. They got a. They have a good three four for the next few years. That's definitely part of what's fueling that offense. Um, but that that team is, will be built around Xander Bogarts. I mean, yeah, it, by far best player, best contract on that team. Twenty eight years old. He's going nowhere. He's signed through twenty twenty six, which he'll be a free agent in thirty four. So he got his only payday. Yeah. Oh, hey, win some, you lose some. But yeah, you um, hear about Devers, you hear about JD, you hear when everyone you don't hear about Xander Bogart. Yeah, you really don't. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to him. Look, I have to add my trolling disclaimer. He's hitting in a Little League stadium because I hear that every single time the Yankees off- offense does anything, it's always discredited by a short porch and right. Uh, Xander is absolutely in a hitter's park as a righty with the short monster in left. But, uh, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. If that, his dad will play. You know what it is because it's Boston. They can't have more than one dark superstar on the team. <laughs> he's also he's got the uh, personality of Plato. I'll, I'll add that I, the dude is not entertaining whatsoever. Worse you than think that they, I would say. You think that they saved that money with Bogars? They could have paid Mookie. I'm just saying. Yeah. No. I look. Well, we letting Mookie go in his prime to reset the cap is one of the silliest things a team like Boston could ever do. But every big market team does something like that eventually to save some money. And that's really all it is, just saving money. There's no no desire to win in that transaction. 
Um, so anyway, Xander red hot going into uh, going into this week. Now, who's not red hot? We've got two teams who had a hell of a week. One, we've actually mentioned both. Houston Astros won them. They've now lost seven out of ten. I think it's even worse for this physical week. They're now under 500 after they were the toast of the town four games into the season. Thank you, sample sizes. And the other one's the New York Yankees, who have the worst record in the AL. They have lost eight out of ten. They've lost five in a row. They are one and five against the Rays. They are two and four against the Blue Jays. They're finally, finally, and maybe this is a sign of things to come, playing a team that is not in the AL East and not named Blue Jays or Rays. We'll see what happens, but they look absolutely – both these teams just look like they're completely sleepwalking lately. I mean, not even a pulse, but at least the Astros have an excuse. The Yankees really don't have anything. The Astros have a built-in excuse. I'm not letting them off the hook, but they do have a legitimate excuse. The Yankees have no excuse. You can't say it's the injury bug because, for the most part, they're healthy. You're missing Luke Voigt, so what? That's just another bunch of strikeouts that were, that's not in the lineup right now. Same You're missing Severino. Big loss. You're missing Britain. Big loss. Other than that, your main cogs are healthy. They all look like shit. Yeah. You can't get a starting pitcher not named Garrett Cole to get out of the fourth inning. You can't rely on your bullpen because the bullpen has been absolutely lights out. They've had two hiccups, and that's because you're asking guys to go long innings. This team looks like shit. They're playing like shit. There's no excuse for it. Um, I am just... Everything that we get as Yankee fans of people trolling is well-deserved. They're hitting 210 as a team. Their on-base percentage. They built this team on on-base percentage and home runs, right? That's, that's, that's been the motto, on-base percentage and home runs. They're getting on-base at uh, 296, and their slugging is 346. Where's the power? Where's the on-base? They're not swinging at pitches. Aaron Hicks doesn't know how to swing a fucking bat anymore. Clint Frazier is not swinging. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Clint Frazier fan club. You know, let him play, and the Yankees are letting him play, and he's doing absolutely nothing. And for all the complaints, Vince, and other Yankee fans about Brett Gardner, Brett Gardner's still outplaying this kid in limited action. So at, at some point, you have to say, when does Gardy play more? And then we'll let everyone complain, oh, this is why he was signed. Say what you want about Gardy. He's old. Maybe he should have retired. Maybe the Yankees should have cut bait. Just one of the most productive outfielders on this team in limited play. With the caveat, he is uh, hitting 240 with 320 slugging. So that's still <laughs> better than exactly. that is probably the best of anyone not named Darren Judge. Uh, DJ's not having a DJ type year. He's having a good year, but he's not having a DJ year. I was going to say DJ's hitting 286, 375, and you wouldn't know it because every time that he's up with men in scoring position, he seems to hit into a double play. Mm-hmm. Um, Odor is god awful. Urshela two fifty two ninety one. That's that's not going to cut it. So uh, I I understood the Rubnet Odor signing. Now it's you got to get rid of the experiment's it, done. It's not working. It's not working fast. And granted, you know, a lot of people say we exaggerate. Whatever. It's only fifteen games in. Wish that you know we try rooting for a really bad team. Um, this is like I said. I've, I've said it before. This is not this season. This is going back through all of last season. And it's going back to everything we've seen in, in the playoffs. This is just a, they're starting the year like they play in big moments all the time. And every single player, Aaron Judge, 255, 321. Giancarlo Stanton, 176, 236. These are averages, non-base percentages I'm giving you. Clint Frazier, 167, 250. Jay Bruce, now retired, 118, 231. 
Gary Sanchez, him and his great new swing, 237, 356, a lot better than it was. I was going to say, yep. Still not going to cut it. That's not that's not a guy for me that I'm building, uh, I'm, I'm extending by any means. And I can get a lot of catchers who get a 237 play inconsistent defense. That's not a problem. Um, it's a team that uh, Glaber Torres, 196, 317. These guys love walking. They love not swinging. That's the weirdest thing about them. And when they swing, it's double plays, which is also the weirdest. They have the highest ground ball rate. They have they are the statistically worst team in the American League at hitting a fastball. The most basic aspect of baseball, they are not doing. They have the worst pitch recognition of balls in the strike zone. This is a team that can't hit fastballs in the strike zone. That's what that means. You can't hit fastballs in the strike zone, you can't hit. That's the that's a that's a problem. You know, if it weren't for the Colorado Rockies, the Yankees would be the worst team in baseball. It, it's unbelievable. They do get the American League. If you take out the Rockies, the Yankees are the worst team in baseball. And yes, it's early, and I get it. But when you build your team on power and nothing but power, you have one contact hitter. The other contact hitter on your team, you can't find a spot for him in Andujar. When, you're, when you have a power team and what you're experiencing is a power out, do I think the Yankees win the division? Yes. Do I think the Yankees win over 90 games? Yes. When you start this slow, questions start to come out. What you're seeing now is what you see in big game situations because you're facing better players, better pitchers. Those balls, they're not going to look bigger. They're going to look smaller. Moment's going to come up and you're going to shrink because you're doing all or nothing. You can't base your team on home runs or not, and that's what this team is based on. And I've always been on the, the Brian Cashman bandwagon, and I always will be. But you have to start holding him accountable for some of these signings and for the construct of this team. Yeah. You know, Aaron Boone is a shitty manager. We know that. Brian Cashman put this roster together on whatever intel he got from his analytics team. Building a team on power doesn't work. It just doesn't. You can't find a team that's won the World Series lately built on power and nothing but power. It's not going to happen. Not the Red Sox not the Dodgers, not any team in the last five, maybe even 10 years that are solely built on power win championships. It doesn't work. Right. That's the key. It, you can't be, and there are statistics where it's, it's, you know, they are not technically one dimensional. They do hit opposite field. They were not among the leaders last year in strikeouts, but when push comes to shove against good pitching, they do everything like this. This is the team we see against elite pitching in the playoffs because of what you just said. They're all the same type of hitter. One of the things that's driven me crazy about this core is how cold they get. Again, we'll use the Red Sox as an example. Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez have slumps like any other hitter, but they don't have monthly slumps. We're talking these team, these guys disappear for months at a time, and it you it's fine if you have one or two of those guys. You have Judge or Stanton, you know, for example. These are guys who are six foot six, six foot seven. Strikeouts are going to come with the territory. If you hit 40 home runs, great. You can't have guys like Luke Voigt coming back. Not going to be much better. You can't have Rufnet Odor. You can't have uh, Aaron Hicks is turning into that type of player. Clint Frazier is turning into that type of player. Gary Sanchez is that player. You cannot have all those guys in the lineup. And what makes me sick, Henry, we didn't hear a whole lot of rumors about Michael Brantley. We didn't hear a whole lot of rumors about Andrelton Simmons this winter. Oh, I will say, Brent Gallo and Kyle Schwarber. It's the hear, same story over and over again. We did hear Brantley, and Brantley was dickless, and he just did not want to come to a big market. 
It never picked up steam, but I am willing to believe Brantley. I, I, and I've heard this outside of just rumors. I've heard it from, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call it someone within the Indians front office. Michael Brantley once upon a time said he does not ever want to play for a big market team. So I'm willing to buy that, but that profile, it's very clear, is not something the Yankees feel they need because they have DJ LeMayhew, and the mindset needs to be we need three DJ LeMayhews, not one that we can cross a box. We need three. And instead, they're going after guys like Schwarber and Gallo, who are the same player as Stanton, the same player as Sanchez, the same player as Voigt, and this is what you run into. These guys can get cold to the tune of 40% strikeout rates for weeks at a time, and they can get cold to the to the point where they have three hits in a game. And you can't have that for a team day in and day out. Yankees have nine out of 15 games where they have scored three runs or less this season. Nine out of 15 games. You should have three runs or less a few times in a month. They've done it nine times already to start the year. It's unacceptable and by the way they haven't been playing great pitchers they faced adam wainwright twice or i'm sorry michael waka twice they have faced the blue jays dog shit pitching staff most of this year even the orioles they scored seven runs in two of those games you take those two out against literally the worst of the worst pitching in the league you're talking about 13 games and in nine of them they scored three runs or less it's unbelievably porous for a team with this kind of payroll with these kinds of expectations with these kind of stats on the back of a baseball card it is embarrassed they should be humiliated it, it's horrible i mean you have a guy like Neil boone that holds a team meeting friday night and they go out and get punched in the dick saturday and sunday Life what is this meeting for? they yeah. have they are lifeless they don't even look like they care Here, here's the thing and then you make the decision to go with an opener against the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays run laps around the Yankees when it comes to analytics. The Rays run laps around everyone, but especially the Yankees. It's not the way you beat them. Dude, this reminded me of the playoffs when they got cute and started an opener against the Rays. It doesn't work. You have Michael King there who's built to be a starter, and you bring him in the second inning. Doesn't make sense. What they did Friday makes no sense. What they're doing makes no sense. And the power outage is leading on the field because the Yankees are horrible, horrible, horrible on defense. If you go to fieldingbible.com, they have team defensive run save. The Yankees are tied for last with negative seven to run defensive run save. Negative seven. And Cliff Frazier's playing like shit on defense. Judge, uh, you can tell there's been at least three balls that I've seen this season that Aaron Judge in previous years goes out and get, and you can see him pull up, not dive. You can just see he's scared to be hurt. Scared to death to be hurt. That's part I, of the problem with him. I keep yeah. saying you have to flip him and Stanton. You have to play them both in right field in DH. You got to rotate them. Clint Frazier, I'm willing to I'm willing to deal with that because he's a young player that needs playing time. I'm willing to, to do that. But even him, everyone, Glaber Torres, Jesus Christ. Glaber, so here's the problem with Glaber Torres. He's not a shortstop. If only there was a podcast that aired every fucking Monday that told you Glaber Torres is not a good defensive shortstop. I wonder. See, what happens, Glaber Torres sucks at shortstop. So now Gio Rochella has to scoot over to his left to cover some of that range. Now, I don't know how many balls I've seen close to the bag on third base getting by Gio Rochella because he can't get to it because he's too busy covering ground on on his left side. Glaber Torres, who shouldn't be at shortstop to begin with. So this team is just, it's a lot of really good players 
who are playing out of position and out of character, and I just don't like it. And again, it's going to get better. But while they're not better, I'm going to shit on them because this is what you're supposed to do. You you have to keep it real with your team. And and out of out of position, out of lineup, you got DJ batting leadoff has never made sense to me. I get that he's a good on base guy, but it, it doesn't make sense. You have Hicks batting third. No Judge and Stanton back to back, which never makes any sense. You haven't moved Geo up. I know he's only hitting 250, but on this team, that's pretty good. Uh, and at least he's a kind of a complete hitter. He can go to op- he can go to opposite field. He'll go with a pitch sometimes. Glaber Torres, it's like he hit 38 home runs and he fell in love with it, like every other player on this team. Fucking head. Completely mental. We've moved him around every position possible between second and short, back and forth, back and forth. I agree with you. The footwork, the mindset, the left to right, the throwing accuracy are not there for him at shortstop. They haven't, they weren't there last year. They're not there this year. They weren't there in spring training. He doesn't have it. He'll make a nice play once in a while, but if you can't make the routine ones, it doesn't matter. And I am clenching my ass every time Glaber Torres has to throw a ball to first. You can see, see, as a fan, you can see a player's comp. You look at Frankie Lindor, and even though he's not playing to where he should be, there's a boy hit to Frankie Lindor. Body language, his confidence is through the fucking roof. A boy hit to Glaber Torres, he's hesitating, he's double clutching his ball. You can see, you can see an arrow coming before the ball leaves his hand. I already know when the ball is going to be high or it's going to be in the ground because you can just see the way he's setting up. That kid has no confidence right now on defense. And he's swinging out of his shoes. Two strikes, too. It's insane. He's swinging out of his shoes with two strikes. I've never seen. I mean, literally, he's losing his back foot from being planted. He's swinging so hard with two strikes. Like he said, he's, he's got home run happy. And we don't need him to be. We need line-to-line hitters. And I, I hate that Miguel Andujar is hurt because the first base void would have been perfect for him. Put him at first base. Put him in the lineup. Have that that kid was fun to watch and he never got a chance and he probably will never get a chance with the Yankees if we're being honest. Yeah, I don't I don't see that changing. I, they just for whatever reason hate him probably because he's not Joey Gallo or Kyle Schwarber. By the way, this wraps up like three different segments. The boonheaded we wanted to add in was the picture you saw earlier, Brian Cashman of the weird Yankee Stadium background. Oh, on you the- put it up. Yeah, uh, Rob had played it earlier. Here it is again. Uh, just I, this is somehow even more humiliating than their actual gameplay. Brian Cashman with like a choppy Yankee Stadium background on a Zoom call. He called the Zoom call today. We're all excited, thinking maybe he'll be, you know, he'll shake something up. No, it's he's got confidence in the team. They're going to turn it around. He's disappointed. Everyone's performing poorly. By the way, two games ago, Aaron Boone said the exact same thing directly to the players. What happened? They looked humiliating and embarrassing for two more games, two more losses to their rival Rays. So Aaron Boone has lost, as far as I'm going, he's lost his clubhouse. They didn't change a thing. Two more games since Aaron Boone gave that speech, the Yankees had less than three hits in seven innings. I, I mean, this is like dead ball era stuff. Three hits or less in seven innings, I think at least five times this year. And we're talking, we're talking against bullpen, and we're talking against guys like Michael Waka, who have no business shutting you down. Michael Walker had a seven ERA and he shut down the Yankees twice. It's unbelievable. So that's your boonheaded. That's also your, uh, we were going to talk about the Yankees offensive stats later. And we gave that. And it's also part of who's not. You you got the, the, you know, the press conference, which that could have been a tweet. 
Yeah. Or in 2021, what, what you gave well, the reporters the in the press conference, it could have been a fucking tweet. If you're not making any changes, there's no need to call a Zoom call press conference. None. If you're going to do it, you got to go boss style and, and flip the table and, and, and fucking fire somebody. Fire, fire Marcus Timms if you have to make an example of somebody. Do something. Bring right. in Beltran somewhere on the coaching staff. Do something and shake shit up. Only thing I can say with an HR background is I kind of liken this to like, you get a talk from your manager and the manager's disappointed, you know, gives you words of encouragement or whatever. And then you get a talk from their manager and all of a sudden you're on a performance plan. I feel like yeah. we're at that, we're at that stage now from a corporate standpoint, the next stage is inevitably has to be a shakeup. And maybe that's, you know, if they continue playing like this through April, they get themselves in an eight, nine game hole to first place. Cause then all of a sudden you're talking all year to make that up. And this is not a team that plays with a sense of urgency. They never have with under Boone. They never will. I don't, I don't have confidence. They can make that up. So I'm ready to go dig up Don Zimmer and put him on the bench. I mean, someone, anyone who actually is a leader. Um, hire Tim's hire Beltran. Completely with you. Let's get into a little bit of a higher uh, or a little bit of a happier baseball highlight. This is a dong of the week. We used to show you 10. We want to narrow it down to one, hopefully going forward. And this one's an absolute bomb from aforementioned Kyle Schwarber. See how that all ties up. This is Kyle Schwarber hitting one. Uh, I love when they hit it so hard right now. We're just showing his angle, which is a pretty cool angle. I like these angles when they show the swing itself. Is that the on-field camera that I'm in love with? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is your thing now. That is my thing. Kyle Schwarber, if you see where it lands, I love when the camera can't find it. (laughs) That's what happened there. (laughs) He hit it somewhere in right field, and the camera just had no idea where it went. So that's fun. Um, I think – do we – Henry, I don't know. Do you have the actual stats on that home run, like how far it went? No, I I did, but it's it's lost in – in the chat somewhere yeah i <laughs> for those of you wondering um i uh i am tan from vacation but i might as well be getting just so hot right now that i'm turning tan talking about the yankees so uh yeah anyway it was bomb from you Kyle went away to go become puerto rican man i get it <laughs> you know you see how wise my baseball acumen is this week it is because of this tan now i'm like even smarter than i was when i left um it's the, it's the your wife is gonna be all over you this week man oh yeah yeah the darker i get the happier she is uh so we get into i guess once you go tan you never go back yeah i just i need a few more pool days and all of a sudden you're gonna really see the sicilian come out um so we move into our last segment here that is statements of the week uh and we wanted to address the white Sox. we talked about rodon earlier White Sox still under 500. The loss today to the Red Sox, they got beat down, so they're 8-9. and nine. But splitting with the Red Sox, still a statement for me for the White Sox. I think they're going to turn the corner soon. You can see sort of that wheel start turning. Giolito's not going to get bombed every time out. Uh, Sox got six on him in the first that essentially ended the game. But the, the White Sox splitting in Fenway, uh, Red Sox came into that series in nine-game winning streak. So getting that split, I think, is a step in the right direction for what I consider to be uh, one of the AL Central favorites. So that's a statement. Dodgers are doing everything they're supposed to do to start a season. They're 13-3. and three. They're do- I-, I mean, this is a team, too. Sometimes you-, you get this hype, and maybe they struggle out of the gates. You're not seeing that. And they're defending champs. Like, this is a team that doesn't necessarily have to be hungry. They are hungry and they're showing it 13 and three. They take their first series from the Padres. 
Um, so that first kind of barometer series there, they, they came through. And Mookie Betts is the reason why with that catch in the middle of the game to save that game and win it for the Dodgers. I'm going with Oakland. Oakland is Oakland red hot. Eight-game winning streak, ascending to the top of the AOS. That's, that's where I'm going, brother. That's a nice turnaround. Uh, we'll see if a team like the Yankees can do it because last year they lost 15 out of 18 and they like won 10. I, I do want to give honorable mention to the Mets. The Mets have been yeah. playing great, great baseball. They're having fun. Um, I do feel bad for them because they have a ton of double headers coming up. I think they play two this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're trying to play catch up for a few rainouts and a few uh, COVID issues with Washington. But yeah, the Mets are having fun, man. Seven and three in their last 10. 465 walk off. Are we talking about Freeman here? Was it that? Was that Freeman's home run or Schwartz? So. Um, yeah, guys, clarify. Are you talking? No, if it's Lee, it's Leon. So he was talking about um, Schwarber. All right. So yeah, four, yeah. I mean, 465 is a legitimate bomb, and it was a walk off. So no, wait. How could I forget? That is the longest home run of the season. That's what it was. That's why I put it in chat. I thought you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. That is the longest like, home run. That is the longest home run this season, correct? I thought we had like a 480 earlier in the year. Uh, no, it's not, Judge hasn't hit it yet. Okay. So, uh, yeah, here it is. This, all right, thank you, Rob. This is the shot we wanted to see. We're showing now where it lands, and I legitimately have no idea. I, it may have gone over the seats. Oh, yeah, there it is. This makes it – yeah, that was a one nothing walk-off, too. That's sweet. Um if I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at the replay on the Facebook. Uh, it went third deck, didn't it? Yeah, I think it went third deck. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it landed third deck or just cleared the bleachers, but it, it went somewhere that I cannot yeah. identify. And for you that, the longest home run of the week, you're getting dong of the week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rays made a statement in a different way. They are 5-1 and one against the Yankees. They are 3-7 and seven against everyone else and got swept by Texas, who might be the worst team in the AL. So... Not sure what to make of that so far. And then you got the Royals and Mariners out there. Look, the Royals, oh, by the way, we, uh, we, we're going to skip right over the Cubs offensive stats, but real quick, just to show that the Yankees aren't the only team just in hell. <laughs> Eric Sogard's batting 115 with a 111 on base percentage. That cracks me up. Um, Boat, 171, 286. Matt Duffy. Old friend, 100-250. Javi Baez, 214, 267. Jake Marisnik, 200-294. Ian Happ, 167-310. Jock Peterson, nice. Uh, I heard from some Cubs fans in Bleacher Nation. He was hitting 40 home runs this year, 149-281. Jason Hayward, 196-241. Absolutely worth the contract because of those motivational speeches he gives. That's why I want to pay a guy $23 million a year or whatever he's making. Um yeah, the, uh, that's the Cubs offense. So they've got their own problems going over there. Cubs contract. Just a reminder, Javi Baez at one point turned down $180 million. Yeah, great decision. He's not getting anything near half of that. Yeah, Yerman Mercedes, 480. Now we have a, a conspiracy on this longest home run. Might have been longest NL home run since that's the Yerman, the Yermanator got 480. Yeah, that, he had a dong and a half. Uh, Any pitch today? What was it yesterday? What's that? Any pitch in the game? Wasn't that a studio? I get he. They're both fat, so I'm confused too. I I, I think uh, I think the Yermanator was was a, a relief appearance to either today or yesterday. 
Okay. Yeah. You can tell I'm not, I'm not quite all the way back yet, but uh, yeah. So Cubs, obviously the other team we want to highlight as far as offense goes, because that's, I mean, they're in another world too, as far as underachieving. Yeah, it was today. Yeah. Yerminated was in relief pitching today. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Uh, all right. Makes sense. Yeah. Mariners, by the way, they're off to their normal April start. They are in first place, 10 and six. I don't put any stock, not even like a little stock. I don't put any stock into that. Oh, screen. That's bull. They have a negative three run differential of first place. That is not, yeah, not, not being first place. Oakland will surpass them in two, three days and Oakland will be in first place. Yeah. I'm with you there. And the last team we have to mention for the week, my Kansas city Royals, Mike Matheny, manager of the year prediction. They're off to a nine and five start, Henry. Here they come. No. No. Six and AO and OPS. On 78 wins. Manager of the year, Mike Matheny is going to get over a team who wins like 102 because of the payroll. They barely have a positive run differential. <laughs> they're coming crashing down to earth soon. I don't know. They, they're they playing some nice all shucks Kansas City Midwestern baseball. They're finding a way to win every game. And as a fan, that's all you want, right? That's right. I, I would take nine and five right now. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. We'll have to monitor the Royals, see when that falls apart. Um, but yeah, so that'll do it. That just turned into a long one, but we had to get a lot off our chest. I think the Yankee segment was 45 minutes. So that should be enjoyable. I will say uh, real quick. I just wanted to give a shout out. We did have Jackie Robinson day on Thursday. Um, players who did not play on Thursday wore the Jersey on Friday. That was always cool. I don't know if they did it in every broadcast, but they did it at the Yankees broadcast on Friday at the end of every commercial break. They had a new Jackie Robinson photo of like from his private photos with his family. They had one with him and, and, and them. Just really, really cool uh, that they were doing that. So another successful uh, Jackie Robinson day. Yeah, one, one thing MLB does get right. I like everything they do for that. Um, but yeah, so that will do it for us here, Dong City here on a Monday. Coming up tomorrow... We, unless this changed while I was gone, we, we've got the Audible with Matt and Randy. Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Step Back is now Friday. So I screw that up. Yep. Uh, work shoot on Thursdays. That's your wrestling podcast. And obviously, also, you have the fantasy version of our show in Total Bases on Sundays with Sean and Felipe. Uh, join us next Monday, 7 p.m. We are back in normal rotation. For the next edition of Dong City, anyone have anything to add here, Rob? I see you came on camera. That usually means you want to talk. No, not really. It's just the yeah. end of the show. Just just showing your beautiful face for the end of the show. All Rob right. is throwing off the hat. Rob, let me and see the hat. hat. That's, That's what Rob is doing. And the hat, too, yeah. Baseballvision.com. If anyone's interested, you should get it by May 31st if you order now. Uh, <laughs> so, there you go no more pod jobbers jake if you are uh if you're behind on that pod jobbers deceased work shoot replace them that's with jason and Corey. to do a great job over there. like like six months ago jake you're behind what are you doing bro yeah well he's been watching so much dong city so i'll allow that um you just keep back every monday and we'll give you cubs updates so uh there you go so that'll do it for dong city we're back next week we'll see if the yankees win a game between now and then now that i'm not in st pete we'll see if i am pale again by next week uh lots of things on the table join us 7 p.m a week from now this has been dong city everyone have a great night dong city bitches